Welcome to Get the Job Australia, the podcast created to accompany you whilst you find the job, the one you've always wanted. We're here to provide weekly inspiration and tips to help you along your job seeker journey. Think of us as your personal coach, helping you navigate your way to that employment offer. We also offer tailored services in resume writing, cover letters, LinkedIn profiles, and interview coaching. Visit getthejobaustralia.com.au to find out more. Now here's the podcast. A job seeker's guide on how recruitment works from an employer's perspective. Yes, that's right. So we're we're doing this podcast today because it's really hard to understand what the employee is looking for when you're mm-hmm. applying for roles unless you know how recruitment works and what's happening on the other side. Yeah. So we're going to break down each stage of the recruitment process from the employer's perspective. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it will help you tailor your applications and do things differently yeah. because you know what they're looking for and how they work. Yeah. So the first thing obviously is that the need to hire somebody arises. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you said that weird. <laughs> so, uh, of course. Yeah. So obviously they need to hire someone and what usually happens is even if it's a role that they've hired before or it's a new role that they're creating typically the recruitment team will sit down with whoever Mm -hmm. you know um, hiring manager is going to be involved and go through exactly what skills are needed for this new person in order for them to be successful in the role right so they sit down and um, they define those skills and they create what I'm going to call a mental checklist, okay. which we'll refer to and explain a little bit further on. Right. So they yeah. have this this checklist or these criterias, a criteria that um, for the person coming in, and it's usually then advertised, um, but not always. Sometimes it's actually cost saving and time saving for the recruiter to headhunt because. Okay. Yeah. You know, rather than going through 200 applications, it's actually sometimes easier and cheaper just to headhunt people Mm. directly. So, you know, when there's a case that an ad pops up, the purpose of the ad is to send a message out to all the candidates relevant in the market that we have a role. And these are, this is the criteria that you need in order to get the job. So it's based on the job description that has been put together and agreed to at the start. And why I think it's important to re to to go over this and say this, it might seem obvious, but mm. I think that it, I need to make it clear that those recruiters don't put up the ad in riddles okay. and they don't try and make it a mystery as to what's going to make you get the role, what's going to get you a call. Yeah. They're actually making it really transparent. Mm-hmm. So they're putting up this ad saying, we need this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. And I think a lot of people apply for roles thinking, oh, maybe you know, this extra part that hasn't been mentioned in the ad maybe will help me. Yeah. Um, and, the, and, you know, maybe it hasn't, you know, they've forgotten about it. Mm. But quite often with uh, job ads, what you see is what you get. Okay. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, if you've got stuff in your application that's got nothing to do with the role, it's okay to take it off. Um, recruiters don't give you points for having, you know, extra things that are irrelevant. Yeah. So, yeah, th- make sure that you accentuate the parts that are really relevant to the role. Yeah. Obviously, if you've got a past a background, maybe while you were at uni or you've changed careers and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that's not so relevant. Just really bring the focus to the points that are. You still need yeah. to keep those parts there. Um, yeah. So all the transferable skills and stuff like that. Yeah. And you're obviously your relevant work experience to date. Okay. 
So the next step is obviously the employer receives your application, but it's not necessarily through an applicant tracking system. Yeah, so if you don't know what an applicant tracking system is, it's called an ATS mm -hmm. for short. Uh, basically, it's a system that pulls together all the applications from all the job boards that this role is advertised on. Okay. So if an employer, typically they'll advertise on more than one platform, so they could put the ad up on Seek, LinkedIn yep. and Indeed. And so what this system does is pull together all of those applications so that mm -hmm. the employer has to just come into work and they open up this system and all the candidates are there rather than right. log on to Seek, log on to LinkedIn, yeah. keep track of everyone on different platforms. You actually just keep track of everyone on one system. One system yeah. And why this is really important to know is because... What these systems also do mm -hmm. is they have inbuilt algorithms okay. that they collate all of the skills that you've got in your resume and application forms and cover letters. They pick up on the key skills that are relevant to the job ad. Yep. If the employer has sat there and say, look for these keywords in resumes yes. and tell me when someone matches. And basically yep. they create a report on your application showing the recruiter, the likelihood that you're going to get the job. Okay. And obviously, the greater the likelihood, the more chances they are, to, uh, the recruiter is to give you a call, right? right. Yeah. So, this is why it's really important to tailor your applications uh -huh. to every job, not just send a generic cover letter here, yeah. generic cover letter there. And this is also one of the things that, you know, lots of um, resume writing companies such as ours. Mm -hmm really hone in on making sure that you have uh, ATS compliant resumes, right. right? But the thing I think you need to remember as well, if you're watching this in Australia, mm. you never know, yeah. um, is that whilst this is a really known thing in recruitment, mm -hmm. it's also important to stress that not every company has an applicant tracking system yes. in put okay. in place, right? Because ATSs can cost upwards of 10 grand mm. and recruitment tools are very expensive in in general yep. and so 10 grand for something that for you know it depends on the size of the company yeah. as to whether it would actually bring value maybe they just need two employees and they don't want to really spend yeah, $10,000 exactly. just to look for them yep and yeah. in a um in a report um they so they're usually used in medium to large size businesses yeah uh, and in a, a report um, done by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman yeah. <laughs> in 2019, 44% of the Australian workforce were mm -hmm. made up by small businesses. Mm. 44%, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And in that context, small businesses... Um, were defined as businesses that had 20 people or less. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's safe. Yeah. yeah. So um, Australia is really big on small businesses. Yeah. And obviously it depends on your field and whatever. But yeah. just think about like even even aside from tradespeople um, and building and construction, it could even just be, you know, clinics. Think about yeah. clinics and, um, you know, retail stores sometimes yeah. or hospitality. You yeah. know, these are big industries where yes. often they don't have, you know, more than 20 people. Yes. So, yeah. you know, just keep that in mind. And I think it's safe to assume that a business that has 20 people or less, they're not going to have an ATS in yeah. place. Yeah. And so um, basically there's no, you know, algorithm that will interfere right. with your application getting to a human mm. first. It will okay. go straight to the human, right? right? Yeah. So what does this mean? That means that there's a 50-50 chance that 
you'll get to a human first. Right. I mean, not that ATSs are bad at mm. all, but sometimes, you know, you can miss out if you haven't done your application right, right. and that's no fault of your... Like, it's not to say that you're not fit for the mm. role. It's just, unfortunately, the ATS hasn't picked up on your keywords and whatnot. Mm. Okay. So you have 50-50 chance that it will go to an ATS and into a human. Yep. So basically, you need to account for both. Mm. Okay? okay? So you can't just put in this wordy sort of resume you've got to also make it appealing for a human to read and don't forget at the end whether it's through the ATS or the human first eventually it's going to go to a human okay so either way you have to make sure that it's compliant with both right okay so then after all this uh, the mental checklist begins so what does that mean yeah so as a recruiter goes through your um, application actually what I first should say Mm -hmm. is if you've ever spoken to a recruiter before it might appear like they know your industry and your role so well Mm. it's almost like they've done the job before but (laughs) this is definitely i mean most more often than not this is not the case okay people in recruitment come from just sort of random backgrounds maybe hr but probably not your field especially if it's technical yeah um so so keep that in mind. Chances are they haven't come from my field. Yeah. Um, so they don't actually have an in-depth knowledge about the jargon that's used in your industry. Okay. What they do to create this perception is they actually just focus on, again, their mental checklist. So right. at the start, when they spoke to the hiring team who needed this extra person to come yeah. on board, they created this checklist of specific traits that person needed, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes down the line and they're starting to get applications, this mental checklist, I call it a mental checklist because you, you just keep it in your in your yeah, brain yeah, at yeah. all times. Like three, three key things or five That's key right. things. Yeah. That's right. So every application, every application that comes through, um, they're ticking your points and your strengths and your attributes off against this list. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, when you're, I think that when you think about recruitment, recruiters, um, candidates often think about recruiters as coming from a point deduction mindset right? rather okay. than, so they think that, you know, I'm going in and people worry when we talk to people that get the job yeah. that they're going to do things wrong and uh, that one okay. wrong or mistake or wrong move is going to make the recruiter deduct points from mm, me, okay. but it actually works the complete opposite way. We're going okay. through this checklist trying to give you points, right. right? Because if we don't give you points and we don't see that you have those things that um, you need to do the job, mm-hmm. then if we can't fill the role, we're not doing our job. Right. So actually it works completely the opposite. You need to give them as many chances as possible to give you points. Okay. And the more points that you have, um, you know, the greater the chances are that you'll get to the end and yeah. and then they've done their job properly. Mm, so you yeah. need to, in your applications at this point, when you're there, you know, you're at that part where they're reading it, you just need to make it super clear, yeah. make it easy to find the relevant things, um, use bullet points, present it really nicely. Yeah. Just basically make it really easy for them to give you these points that okay. you need. So they're actually on your side. Totally yeah, on your side. You. <laughs> yeah, as a recruiter, your job is to fill the role. So the yeah. faster you can do that, like... The better They've it is got for everyone. Too, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, exactly. So it's not a point deduction system. They mm, actually operate from a point giving, awarding. Yeah. awarding. Yeah. <laughs>
yeah. awarding mindset. Yeah, yeah, okay, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then after all that's done, then there's the phone interview. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so this is the first opportunity to make a real impression yeah. on the person because really up until this point, you are a stranger. It's just a piece of paper with some words on it. Exactly. In the form of a resume. Exactly. Yeah. So obviously every company has their own um, recruitment system, but generally the phone interview section will be in this part. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can't, it's always different between different employers, but I think that there's a set of, I think it's five, five or six points that... Yeah. If you're sent off a bunch of um, resumes mm-hmm. and you're then waiting for some calls, there's um, six points that you can just run over in your head. Make sure you have really good answers for them. Okay. And you're probably covered on most phone calls that you receive. Okay. Right? So it yeah. might be different here and there, but just memorize these six points. So the first okay. one um, to be prepared is to know why have a really good reason for why you've applied for that role the second one is to know why you want to work for that company Mm -hmm. the third one is to give have an explanation ready in case they ask you about any gaps in your resume or any career changes Mm -hmm. right the next one is to make sure that you know what salary you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So don't go in blindly. Do your research. There's yep. so many ways you can do that. Yep. Um, it's all on the internet. Try and look at, at least have a range in mind yep. and know that. Uh, the next part is to make sure you understand your working rights. So they yep. might ask you if you're on a visa, which is okay. It's totally okay, but yep. know how many hours you're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing would be whether you're willing to travel to the location that the office is in. So sometimes right. they might ask what suburb you live in. Yes. So most of those are quite easy to answer. Mm-hmm. They're just facts. Yep. But, you know... They might ask you sometimes just to talk a bit about your background because yep. they want to clarify that what you're saying matches the resume and you yes. haven't just pulled it out of thin air yep. and you're actually telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might ask you to go into a little bit of that and then, you know, everyone's sort of different. But if you just memorize those those main points mm. and obviously don't lie on your resume, yeah. you'll be fine. You'll be yep. really, really good. And, you know, just remember as well that um, you if you answer these questions in a really reasonable way, so mm. for instance, the salary, you don't shoot up too high that you're not yeah. even going to be considered, reasonable way with really good communication and give really good answers, you know, don't say, if they say, why are you, why are you leaving your current role? Yes. Don't say, because I had a fight with my manager. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just about to ask that question, really? actually, yeah, because, yeah, I, I was... I've been asked that question before, like, why did you, why are you leaving your, you know, your last role? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously don't give them always in these questions, give them an opportunity to award you points. Yes. Award points, award points, award Mm. points. And in the end it will, you know, whoever has the most points will be asked to come in for the next part. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's basically it for phone interviews. And then there is the in-person interview, which is the most critical step. Yeah. Well, arguably. Uh, Not arguably. really, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's actually... <laughs> it depends actually, on the person. If you shine in the, the in-person interview, then... I actually think it's the best step. Okay. I think it's a brilliant chance for you to leave a really good impression. Yes. You know, when it's on a piece of paper, resume, cover letter, it's so impersonal. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, at this stage, the recruiter and the hiring manager or whoever's involved in the hiring process... They've spoken about you. They've yeah. discussed your application and they like what they see so exactly, far, yeah. you know? So going with positive Going vibes. with positive. Yeah, you've yeah. obviously shown something that yeah. they're interested in. That's it. And the other good thing is that, you know, interviews are not black and white. Mm-hmm. They're not 
that you, interviews are not about algorithms anymore. Yeah. It, it's all that algorithm math sort of reporting stuff is sort of left aside now. Yes. Interviews are not black and white. They're colorful in the sense that it's about personalities and vibes mm-hmm. and um, bi- like biases as well mm. or preferences and you know cultural fit and yeah. and so all those soft skills. All those soft, you know. It's kind of like, it's a whole experience, right? It's not just a piece of paper and, you know, tick, tick, tick. It's really about the whole experience. Like the way you walk in, the way Mm. you make them feel, the -hmm. way you address the answers. You know, lots of things add into this. And I just think it works in your favor. If Mm. you understand body language and you understand how to leave an impression, it can work really well for you. So I think that um, one of... You know, one of the things that's overlooked in interviews is the need for a cultural fit, which is super important right now. And, you know, you could be the smartest person in your field, but if you're going to cause your team grief because you're an idiot, Mm. then you're probably not going to be employed or you're you're at least not going to last long. So I think it's important to understand that cultural fit weighs heavily in the interview mm. process. Now yeah. they've they've ticked off your skills. Now it's about how will you work with my team? Yeah. Are you yeah. going to collaborate or are you going to cause problems? Yeah. So I think that when you're going into the interview, just keep in mind every answer that you give, make sure you give you answer the question in a way that gives you points. Yes. So so they they're looking for so those strengths that you should have the job description mm-hmm. from the um job ad yeah right so you've got all the points that they're looking for yes. so that gets you points that ticks off their mental checklist mm-hmm. and also that shows that you're a good cultural fit yeah and that's all you need to do that's, that's literally all you need to do so yeah. go through those parts and um and you're well on your way to getting the job i mean you should get the job <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all on you yeah <laughs> no pressure but it's all up to you yeah. you can do it <laughs> So that's uh, it for this episode. Uh, remember to check us out on the website, getthejobaustralia.com.au. We are now on Spotify as well. And also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and Instagram. Like, follow, retweet, whatever. There's Just no do Twitter. it all. There's no Twitter, but retweet, you know. You, you understand. You get it. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.